Happy New Year, Life Center. Amen. What a great day. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Um, I'm excited about 2020. I believe it's going to be um, it's going to be a great year for somebody. Might as well be you, right? Might as well be me. Yeah. So we're we're launching a new uh, series today. We're going to talk about uh, a really exciting exciting next few weeks. I think this is going to set a tone for our year uh, and for your year, and I, I'm I'm just I'm pumped about it. Uh, but before we do that, I want to just bring everybody up to up to speed. Today is the beginning of our 20 days of prayer and fasting. I'm sure you've seen cards and whatnot floating around, stuff on social media. I just want to kind of give you a little bit of an explanation on how we're doing it so that you can participate. Maybe you've never uh, fasted anything. We'll explain that a little bit. If you've never prayed much, we can help you with that too. Um, so, so just to help you understand how we're going to do it, the, the purpose for this, this happening when it does is it just brings our, our community together and we all kind of agree that for the next 20 days, we're going to focus. We're going to focus on things we're praying about. We're going to focus on choosing to say no to ourselves. Uh, that's really the, what fasting is about. It's, it's, it's more about saying no to what I want, my desires, my appetites. And it, it sets me in a different mindset, right? Because we're just not used to telling ourselves no, right? We just are not used to telling ourselves no. Pastor Scott said in, in prayer this morning, he's like, the purpose of telling if we never if we never tell ourselves no, then the only person we're actually feeding is us, right? We're just growing our selfish appetite. So that's the purpose of fasting. So to kind of help you understand how we're going to do it, we've we've created um, on our website, Bree, you can pop that up there. Uh, we created a help page. Give it a second to pop up. Actually, that was fast. How do you like that? Um, so. Uh, if you scroll down through there, like the first one has our daily prayer focus. You click on that button, it opens up a list. We actually have hard copies if you don't do internet things. We have non-internet things um, for you. We have a few copies of those. The, the, I think there's 40 or something, so one per family if you, if you need it. If you don't need it, it's right here. You click on that link, and everything's there. We have uh, 20 days of focused prayer guide. That explains kind of what we're doing. Prayers f to pray over your kids a prayer guide for praying through the Lord's Prayer. If you've never prayed before, Jesus, the disciples asked him, how do I pray the Lord's Prayer? Most everybody knows that. This explains what that's about. And then a guide to fasting. Great information, helpful uh, so that you understand. So what we're doing for them, this is a three-week thing. We're going to pick a thing for the week that we're going to fast about. And this week is food. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> So here's the deal about fasting food. It's about telling ourselves no. Um, generally, people will do one meal a day kind of thing, dinner every night, don't eat till the next dinner. People take medication. People have blood sugar issues. We're not asking you to die in this process, right? <laughs> We're just trying to say no to our flesh. So the point is, if you have to eat for medical reasons, don't pick your favorite filet mignon, right? <laughs> pick something that is necessary that will solve the problem. But remember, it's about saying no. So if you don't feel like eating saltines, you'd rather have something a little more exciting, eat the saltines. Are you with me? Yeah. It's very simple. It's just about making sure we're saying no. If you always have a Krispy Kreme donut every morning on your way to work, don't do it for a week. <laughs> your life will change forever. You might live <laughs> to beyond 50. <laughs> 
So that's the purpose of fasting. And so you will see there's, there's so many different ways to fast, and that fasting guide will help you understand that. If you have questions, Pastor Scott, I will be happy to help you. There's also, you'll be looking on social media. We have, you'll look for these, uh, pop that social media slide up. Um, not the website, the other one, the blue one. These are what you're going to see every day on our social media site, and this will give us our daily prayer focus. So every day there will be something that will pop up. For example, um, January 6th, we're praying for our leaders, nation, state, and city. The beauty of this is everybody in this room that's part of this community is going to be saying the same thing to God. We're, we're linking arms, and we're praying prayers, focused prayers, and I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It sets the tone for our year. So who's with me? <laughs> that would have been really awkward if it had been quiet right there. Thank you. Facebook Live thanks you because that would have been weird. Yeah. All right. So, so let's get into uh, this series. I'm, I'm very excited about what this means. The new year is actually an exciting time for me. I, I Personally, it just it kind of gets my juices flowing. I'm excited about thinking about you know what I'm going to change, what I'm going to do differently, and and I don't you, know, you can make changes any time of the year, right? Uh, no one typically decides to diet the the week before Thanksgiving, but you can change any time during the year. But there's something about the new year that sort of it's kind of in the air. I don't know if it's just a psychological thing or it's just cultural. I don't know what it is, but it's just there. So. I find this time of year exciting, and, and I'm sure everybody, it's, it's funny, I've been a member, uh, have a membership to Planet Fitness, as you can clearly tell, um, I go there all the time, but it's funny, in, in January and February, man, you can't find a place to park, like you have to wait in line for treadmills, it's amazing, but about November, like you can have anything you want in the place, there's nobody there, <laughs> so it's just New Year resolutions, we know the whole routine, right, maybe you, you wanted to, you know, work on your body, weight, get in shape, start a business, get stronger spiritually, have a better marriage, uh, stop some crazy annoying habit, whatever those things are, whatever you've been thinking about. I'm praying that God gives you the power and the strength to achieve those resolutions, right? right? You, look at your neighbor and say, 2020 is your year. Whoa. Now, if you were my neighbor and you just told me that, I'd be like, dude, you, you did not convince me. Come on, a little energy. Look at your neighbor and say, 2020 is your year. Yeah, that's much better. That's much better. So we're, we're launching this today, and, and I believe this, this series is going to give you the, 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 the tools to, to set you up for a God-centered, God-empowered 2020 filled with blessing and purpose. Are you ready for this? Good, good. I'm glad you're ready. So let's deal with some, some mindset challenges that we often face, right? Especially in our current society, social media is, is a prevalent thing, and, and nobody posts their bad days on social media, right? You only post your good days. Your, you know, everybody, I, I, I guess, I, I, I've said this before, apparently ladies have a side for photos, there's a side. I, I don't understand it, but there's a side. And so if I make the mistake of getting on the wrong side of my, my wife for a photo, I have to, you know, get moved around. So there's a side. And that's the side that goes on social media. The other side just stays at home, right? You don't show that side. So it, we kind of have this whole highlight reel of life. And, and have you ever, you know, looked at someone and said, man, that's, that's the body I want? Right or or or, or that's that's the work life balance I wish I had just like just like that guy and and or or you know that that person man I I would love to have the spiritual life of Pastor Scott I mean I'm pretty sure when he steps in the water it just parts right right this, you see those things and you wonder I wonder what what big things I have to do 
What massive changes do I have to do in my life uh, to, to get that? And, and if you're anything like me, generally right behind that thought is, yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> right? uh, I just, I don't have what it takes to do it. There's no way I can make that happen. I have good news for you today. After all, the gospel is good news, right? I have good news for you today. It generally isn't big changes that make the lasting goals achievable. In fact, here's our theme for the next four weeks. You can write this down. You can get a tattoo. I guess it would be a long one, though. I'd have to go like all the way down your arm. It's often the small things that no one sees that results in the big changes that everyone wants. Right? It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big changes that everyone wants. This is, that statement right there is a perspective shifter. It helps you understand uh, when you're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook, and you're like, man, I wish I had that guy's life. Remember, it's often the small things that no one sees that results in the big changes that everyone wants. You can achieve your goals. You can. God created us in his image, and God empowers us to achieve great things. Look at what has been done by mankind, right? We can achieve so many things, but it's not generally big, massive, Herculean things that we have to do. It's a series of small things that create these big changes. So let me just lay a little biblical foundation to help you understand more about what we're talking about. So Israel, in this particular instance, uh, in, in the book of Zechariah, which no one can ever find in the Bible, but it's there, I promise. Um, it's better to go on Google and type it in that way. It'll take you right there instead of trying to find it. But the book of Zechariah highlights a time period in Israel's life when they had been in bondage. They were slowly leaving uh, Babylon in bondage, and, and the, their city had been destroyed. Their temple had been destroyed. There was nothing left. And this remnant of people, they were trying to build everything back. And so the guy who was leading the charge is Zerubbabel. This is a great name. I think I'm gonna, if I had another kid, I'd name him Zerubbabel. <laughs> Isn't that great? Zerubbabel. <laughs> so Zerubbabel was the king, and uh, it sounds like I'm stuttering really bad. He was the king, and he was leading, uh, not really a king, he was kind of a leader at this point with the remnant of people that were coming out of bondage, and they were trying to reestablish themselves. And, and so they were starting to rebuild the temple because the temple was very significant to the children of Israel. It was, it was their physical location where God dwelt. It was the center of their economic and spiritual activity. It was the center of their life. It was where their law came from. It was, it was everything was built around that. And so they were working very hard to, to put that together. And just, it wasn't going well. The people were pouring everything they had into effort, but it was just looking impossible. You know, it's like going to the gym and you get on the treadmill, you've been on there for 15 minutes and you look at the thing that tells you how many calories you've burned. And you're like, what? I haven't lost any weight. I've only burned 30 calories. I've been on this thing for 15 minutes. You know, every time I work out, I'm like, I'm doing weights, you know, three sets of 15. I look in the mirror and I expect to see Chris looking back at me. And I get mad because I, there's nothing happening here. I mean, you know, eventually all that pressure and straining, I, I get up, I expect to see it like it's just not happening. And then, you know, I just put it down and, and, and come back to the gym three months later to see if it'll happen that time. It's just, it's just, it gets difficult because you realize all this work you're doing, you're not seeing instant results. It's not, it's not instant. It's not fast. It's not, it's not that way at all. And so the, the people were tired. They were frustrated. But, but the, an angel comes to Zerubbabel in a dream. And, and in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, this is, this is what happened. Zechariah 4, 6. The angel says to Zerubbabel, 
This is what the Lord says to you. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. It's not by force or strength, but by my spirit. So here's what God was telling this guy. The temple is not only going to be built because of your efforts. It's going to take something bigger than you. It's going to take something supernatural. It's going to take something divine. You want to achieve this goal, you can't do it on hard work alone. You need to tap into something that is greater than you are. You can try to make changes on your own. You, can, you will see some level of success if you stick with it. But when you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, friend, it gives you a, a, a strength and an energy and a momentum that is not of this world. That's the beauty of God living on the inside of us because he gives us power to overcome things that would otherwise own us. And when we get frustrated and we're trying and we're trying and we keep messing up and we keep falling off the wagon and we keep having issues, we just decide, you know, I'm done, I'm quitting, I'm, I'm fed up. If we give space for the Holy Spirit, he gives us a supernatural strength to help us overcome what we could not on our own overcome. In fact, the Bible tells us that his strength is made perfect in our weakness, it's the moment when we get to see God in our life acting on our behalf. It becomes personal, right? It becomes real. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I love uh, the New Living Translation version of this scripture. It says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Look at your neighbor and say, I can do everything everything. It doesn't qualify. It doesn't give pre-qualifications. The only qualification attached here is the recognition of who is giving you the power to do everything. It's Christ. And when we have his power on the inside, those goals of having a better marriage are possible. The goals of having a healthier lifestyle, it's possible. The goals of having an addiction-free life is possible. A stronger relationship with Christ is possible when we understand that we can do everything through Christ. But on our own, we don't have the strength to do it all by ourselves. It's amazing that he says we can do everything through him. Zechariah 4.7, it continues on. He says, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. When God calls someone, when God puts a dream in someone's heart, when God gives you a focus in your life and for your life, he empowers you to achieve it. Here's the difference. The difference is we can let him or not let him. We can realize it and fall into it, or we can continue to be stubborn and do it our own way. I mean, think about the simple gospel. He's willing that no one should perish, but we get bullheaded and we're going to, I'm going to perish anyway, right? <laughs> because this is the way I want to do it, right? He's giving us the opportunity to live free from sin, but we just get stuck in it because, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. You're right. But he can if we let him do it through us. I believe that this is a promise to us. It's a promise to this community. This Life Center community for 2020, I believe, is going to be our best year. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. 
because he says that he will give us the strength to do it for you. It can be your promise for 2020. You have to accept it and believe it. So the second part of Zechariah 4, 7, and he says, and when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. You know what I love about this? At this point, the temple was still a rubble heap. And God already saw the end. He already saw the success. Listen, if you're working on a better marriage, God already sees you living in that better marriage. If you've been working on, uh, you're, you're in the, the worst time in college is halfway through. You feel like it's too far to go back and I'm never going to make it to the end. <laughs> You can make it. God already sees you walking across the stage, getting the diploma, throwing your hat in the air, thinking, dear God, it's finally over. Right? You can make it. He sees you in an addiction-free, pain-free, healthy life, free from things that are locking you down and keeping you from being the person he designed you to be. He already sees the end. We can't see it. That's why walking by faith is not something we calculate. It is done with our eyes closed, accepting the fact that he knows the end. I'm following him to that end. And let me tell you this. He never leads you down a path that he will not walk closely with you and you will see success at the end of that journey. The deal is, hold on to your dreams. If they're God-given, God's empowering you to see them come to pass. This is cool. Zechariah 4.10. I love this part because God knows how we are. He says, don't despise these small beginnings. That is amazing. He gives him, he get, the angel tells Zerubbabel, look, I already see the temple completed and everybody cheering about it. But don't despise these small beginnings. I love this. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. If you study this time period, you'll find that the Bible talks about people coming to the place where the temple was and weeping because it just, it looked puny, it looked weak, it looked like it was never going to come to pass, it looked like it was never going to actually be the great temple that was the famous temple of old. They just, they were distraught, they were despairing, they were frustrated, didn't look great, but God's telling Zerubbabel, listen, don't despise these small beginnings. I already have seen the end and you're going to like it. <laughs> just let me give you the strength to keep going. Look, it's hard to stay focused on our goals. It's hard to stick with New Year plans or, you know, I'm trying to stay fit. I'm trying to stick to my budget. I set one in January and it's January the 3rd and I've blown it. <laughs> I'm trying to do my daily devotion, but I haven't even started yet, right? I already missed the week, already blew my budget, already missed the whole... It's just, it's just how we are. But here's the thing. Don't focus on how small it looks right now. Just know that God's rejoicing that you're starting the task and that he celebrates new beginnings, right? Even though they're small and even though they don't look big and all look magnificent, it's the small things that produce the massive changes that everybody is wanting, right? You've got to remember that we can't focus just on the small things. And here's an encouraging word for you. In Proverbs, it says, a godly man may trip seven times, but they will get up again. That's a promise right there. It's amazing that... God knows how we are and knows what we struggle with. And he knows that if we can trust him in the small things, if he can trust us in the small things, there can be an amazing future that is born 
out of that. So you look at the highlight reels of people in the Bible that, that, have, that have famous stories. And, and one of my favorites is King David. Everybody knows the story. Most everybody knows about King David and, and killing Goliath, right? It's a thing. It's like if you're describing an insurmountable odd, you can consider it the David and Goliath situation, right? It's just, it's an understanding that people have an amazing story. Uh, but but we see that, that he's even referred to as a man after God's own heart in Scripture. We know the story of David and Goliath. But what we, what we fail to realize is there was a lot of small things happening in David's life before he ever walked onto the field to face his giant. He was just a shepherd boy. He every day had to get his dad's flock, take him out to the pastures and roam around, let him eat. And then he had to watch for wolves and bear and things that were going to try to take out the sheep. And every one of those small instances, every one of those small things that was going on was slowly building him for his giant moment. But you don't often talk about that, right? We just talk about the giant moment. How many of you know the story of Ruth and Boaz? Real quick, it was a story of uh, a lady by the name of Ruth who followed her husband died, followed her mother-in-law to serve her and to be with her. And then she meets this guy, Boaz, and they have a Disney marriage, right? It is right out of the Disney fairy tale books. It's amazing. Boaz is wealthy. Boaz is good looking. Boaz is the man. <laughs> and Ruth is just this simple little lady. It's a classic Disney story right here in the Bible. Disney's first story right out of the Bible. But here's the thing. Everybody loves the amazing, romantic, wonderful end of this story, but, but it's the small things. It's the small things. She was going to Boaz's fields because they had a law in those days that any, when they were, when they were uh, harvesting the wheat field, any grain that would fall by the wayside, by law they were to leave it there for poor people or people that had needs. They could come and just gather the remnant, the leftovers. And so every day Ruth was there gathering the leftovers because they were very poor and she was taking care of her mother-in-law. And that's where the story was born. It's the small things. It's the small things. You know the story perhaps of Daniel in the lion's den, thrown in a pit of lions, standing knee-deep in human bones, right? Roaring animals around him. And he gets out the next day untouched. He's the massive lion tamer, the first one. Before Ringling Brothers, there was Daniel. But what is it? What were the small things? Three times without fail every day, Daniel was talking to God. Daniel was praying three times a day. It's the small things that no one sees that often produce the results that everyone wants. I would love to tell the story. I was in a lion's den. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're with me. Let's make it modern. Coach John Wooden, most people know this guy if you follow basketball, famous coach, 10 NCAA titles, seven of them consecutive. I found this amazing about this guy. His first practice... He would bring the new guys in, the old guys in, everybody. First practice of the season, he would sit them all on the floor and make them take their shoes and socks off. And he would coach them on how to put on their socks and shoes. It taught them uh, how to value the small things because if you got your shoes jacked up and your socks jacked up and you're getting blisters in a game, you have a problem. right? He said it this way, it's the little things that are vital. Little things make the big things happen. Little things make the big things happen. Here's the three things we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. Our thoughts, our words, our habits. Our thoughts, our words, our habits. There's a saying that says thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, and our habits create our destiny. That's why we're starting this year with this biblical foundation. Because if you want to end... 2020 
in the best place you've ever been in your life, you can't do it by yourself. And this will help you get where God wants you to go. Anybody with me? There's power when you focus on one thing. There's power when you have singular focus. It's amazing. In fact, if you go in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel, it's a story of all of the people in that time period after the flood. They got together and they said, we're going to build a tower so tall that we'll never be destroyed by a flood again. And if you read that story, it's very interesting because the Bible says that God saw what the people were doing and he said, if they're left alone, they have one purpose and they're going to achieve it. So God enters into the scene, and all of a sudden we have a bunch of languages in the world, right? Created, uh, uh, scattered the, the, the focus because he understands the power of focus. And if we understand the power of one focus, I'm telling you, it will change our lives. So many distractions in life pull us away from our goals, our dreams, our calling. But when there's one focus that we have, it is amazing what we can achieve. King David is told is called the man after God's own heart. And you know why? He had this one desire. The one thing I want, the one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What if that was your one thing? What if that was you want to be a man after God's own heart? That's the one thing that he pursued that caused that to happen. Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle of all time, wrote the majority of the New Testament and spread the gospel through the the majority of the world at that point in time. Suffered incredible, was beaten, was stoned, was shipwrecked, was persecuted for his faith. He had a one thing. This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining on toward what is ahead. He said that in Philippians chapter 3. He had one thing. What would happen if you decided I'm forgetting about my past? My future is my focal point. How many of us are tethered to the past? And no matter how far we try to reach that hope and that new plan and that new me and that new goal, we're stuck in something. In the, what if our one thing was to forget the past and just focus on the future? Lazarus is a character in the Bible who died and was in the tomb, and Jesus called him out of the tomb, raised him from the dead after four days. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha. They were friends of Jesus. Jesus was at their house one day, and they were having a good time visiting, and Martha, she was busy. She was, she was making sure that everything was right, that the tea was there, the coffee was ready, the cakes were prepared, and she was busy in the kitchen, and she was frustrated because her sister Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet just listening soaking it in, listening to what he had to say. And so she finally, you know, she's steaming, steam squirting out the air. She comes out, would you tell Mary to come in here and help me? There's a lot of stuff I got to do. And she's not helping at all. And Jesus says, Martha, 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 you're upset about so many things. But only one thing is needed. And Mary's picked it. So no, I'm not going to tell her to get up and help you scurry in the kitchen because this relationship is the one thing that matters. There's power in that focus of one thing. There's power in the focus of one thing. I'll tell you a story uh, happened to me. Um, I think 2017, our family got together in the living room and we decided to pick our word for the year. And so my wife is very creative and she took our words and she put them in a frame and they hung on our wall. And we clearly didn't do it every year because that thing has been on our wall for three years. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately she didn't date it <laughs> so that particular year I just was feeling you know God was talking to me about generosity and so I, I realized that you know 
I need to do something about this. And so generosity was my year, and, and I, my word for the year. And I, I, I looked at that, that word almost every day because it was hanging right by the way out of our house. So I saw it every day almost for since 2017. And I didn't fully realize, here's what's amazing about this, I didn't fully realize the impact that focusing on that one thing actually had in my life until we did our blessed series November of 2019. So I'm a little slow, slower than most. It takes me two years to get one year word, right? <laughs> so I, I'm focusing on this word. I felt that God was speaking to me that I needed to be a generous person. And so when we did our blessed series um, in November, and I, I really... I didn't realize how much the Holy Spirit had really been working in me and how much I had been trying to pursue that word, that thing, that singular focus. And so as we went through that, that series, the Holy Spirit really revealed to me that I had a fear in my life. And that fear was selfishness. And that fear stemmed from never having enough. Like there was a real, I didn't realize it, but because I had this focus and because I was allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me, he revealed to me that there was a fear in my heart that was preventing me from being a generous person. And let me tell you something. Christians are supposed to be generous. right? It's hard to look at the Christ we're following and say, you know, I'm not a generous person when he was willing to give everything so that you and I could be saved. right? Generosity is who we are meant to be. And so when I realized this, this fear of this never enough attitude was plaguing me. Man, I began to pray and God worked on this in my life. And I'm telling you, for the last few years, I've been working on this word. And I have never, I can say honest to goodness right now, I have never in my life experienced the increase that I'm experiencing right now, present day. And I've never been able to be as free with things that are coming into my hands as I have been today. Because the singular focus of, of that purpose and that intention, God started giving opportunity for himself to be revealed in my weakness. I had a fear. I couldn't shake that fear by myself. But he started working in me, and that fear started to leave. And now I understand the, the beauty and the power of a generous heart. It opens a door for heaven to just dump stuff on you. And I'm not doing it for that reason. What, I'm, what my lesson here is, if I had a fear of this never enough attitude, God's saying, you got to quit worrying about that stuff. In fact, he says himself, Jesus was teaching, he's like, look at the sparrows and the flowers. These guys don't worry about things. You guys worry about everything. Stop worrying and start trusting. Amen. So the power of this focus makes a difference in the trajectory of your life. Nobody wants to be locked into slavery. Nobody wants to be pinned down into something that controls you. He's giving us a way out. Worship team, you guys can come. Here's the thing. I'm going to make this very actionable. Almost done. I want to make this very actionable. You know, it's one thing to hear messages and then you go home and you're like, well, I, that was great. It was very exciting, but I have no idea where to start. Right? You ever felt that way? I do. And so today, we're going to just boil this down to make it really simple. I had, we had some cards made. It says, small things, big difference. And on the back, it says, my word for 2020. And there's a blank. And here's what I want you to do. I want, we're going to give, in fact, if I could just get a couple guys to Tyler, um, Pastor Philip, you guys mind helping me out? Just make sure everybody gets one of these. 
And what you're going to do is you're going to write a word on that page. And then it has the three major focuses for the next three weeks. Thoughts, words, and habits. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to fill that out right now. What I'm asking you to do is take this home. And I'm asking you to pray about this. And you know what? Nothing is too simple here. Nothing is too complex here. If God is talking to you about something, if God is putting something on your heart, then I want you to write that word. I'm not asking for a bunch of New Year's resolutions. That's great. Fire away. <laughs> Knock yourself out. If you make it to Mar March, I'll give you a high five. <laughs> Whatever. It's not, it's not about a bunch of ideas. And I'm just asking you to pray that God will give you your one, year, one word for this year. What is your one word? What is the thing that you know in your quiet time? God, what is it? What is the word? For me, in 2017, it was generosity. And that has changed my life. That focus has changed my life. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today, thank you, that if you take this seriously, you know, if you're physically not doing well and your doctor's been saying, if you don't lose weight, you're not going to make it. That might be the word. And here's the thing. While that seems very physical, it's a spiritual thing. And you may have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried on your own. But it's time to let God step in. It's time to let God say, you can't do this by your strength. You can't do this by your own power and energy. But my spirit will enable you to have the life change that you need to see your 50th birthday. Maybe it's something more significant or less significant. But to you, it's significant. Whatever it, Maybe you just want to become more spiritually aware in your life. Maybe you want to just uh, have a level of relationship with people that you've never had before. Whatever God is talking to you, and I'm telling you, you have to listen. It's not just an idea. What is, ask God, God, tell me what, what is my word for this year? What is my focus? What is it that you want me to achieve? I know that you have a calling in my life. I know you have a purpose for me. What is my word for 2020? And I'm telling you, you write that in there and put it where you will always see it. And I want you to go to Google. And let's say your word is serve. I want you to type in the Google search bar, serve in the Bible. Okay? I'm making this easy. Because then a bunch of scriptures are going to pop up. And I want you to read those scriptures. And I want you to find one that resonates with you. And I want you to write that scripture down and stick it everywhere you look every morning. On your mirror, on your dashboard, maybe on your spouse's forehead. <laughs> Wherever you, whatever you look at every morning, your word's going to be front and center. What God says about that word is going to be front and center. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this service in 2021 will be looking at different people. We'll be looking at, you know what will happen? He's like, man, I want the life that Marcus has. What big things do I have to do to be like Marcus? You know what Marcus would say? Not a big thing. There's a series of small things that no one sees that produces the big results that everyone wants. That's what you're going to say, right? Got your words for you. That is the beauty of the principle of small things. The Holy Spirit enables us. Here's, here's the kicker, right? Here is the win. 
You remember when we did our blessed series, we talked about the king who gave gold to servants, 10 to 1, 5 to 1, and then he came back and the one that had 10 had multiplied it and the one that had 5 had multiplied it and it grew. Here's the thing. When we trust God with these small things towards the goal that he's put in our heart, you know what that does to you? It makes you promotable. It makes you blessable. It makes you the kind of person that God can trust with greater things. He is not interested in holding you back. He's interested in in moving you forward. It's us that stands in the way. When we allow the Spirit of God to work, oh, I hope someone's getting this today. When we allow the Spirit of God to work in us, it gives God the ability to say, look what I can do with someone who trusts me. And then your story, your story becomes the thing that inspires another person that is struggling just like you were. This is not, here's the, you gotta, you gotta see this. It's, it's not about us. God blesses us because there's someone watching. He loves on us because he knows someone needs some love. He blesses us financially because there's going to be someone in my life that needs some financial help. And God gives it to me so that I can give to them. Every life is a testimony. Every life is a book being written. Every life, if it's done according to this structure, will become a testament to the greatness of God. And so someone that doesn't know Christ will look at you and say, I don't know what you believe or who you follow, but will you please show me who it is because that's the kind of life I want to live. Right, We look at the highlight reels in the scripture, but let's look behind those highlight and let's look at these small things. Don't despise the humble beginnings. They're going to be something great. Don't, don't get frustrated when you trip and fall multiple times. You can do everything through Christ who empowers you. The ticket here is find your focal point. Pursue that with all your heart. See what the scripture says about it and let the Holy Spirit do something in you. When you feel tired, let the Holy Spirit give you strength. When you feel like you can't do it anymore, let the Holy Spirit give you power. When you feel like this is too great for me, let the Holy Spirit lift you up. It will happen, I promise you, because he does not fail. Stand with me this morning. Prayer team, you guys can come. I am so excited about where this next few weeks is going to take us. If you have any interest at all, in growing in Christ, I'm telling you what, this is going to be your year. This is going to be our year. This is going to be the year when you look back and you realize just how amazing God has been in your life. This is going to be the year when, when we get to the end of 2020 and someone comes to you and says, you know what, I want to do and live and be just like you are. Let me tell you a story <laughs> and let me show you a man that can change your life. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your presence that's here today. Thank you for hope. Thank you for promise. Thank you, God, that even though I may have failed so many times getting to this point, you view me today as a fresh start. The future beckons. I pray for everyone here that you would speak to our hearts, give us our focal point for the year. Let our vision be clear, let it be true, and let us fight and move to allow your spirit to do great things in us. In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for being here today. If you're a guest, please stop by our VIP booth. Thank you. One quick announcement. If you have not gone through Growth Track, Growth Track starts next Sunday. Growth Track is a simple thing. It's four opportunities for you to go through four different sessions where you'll understand who Life Center is, what we do. You'll get to understand your spiritual giftings. You'll get to see where you can plug in and be part of our community here. So if you've not done Growth Track, let's do it next Sunday. God bless you. Happy New Year. Have a great week.